This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and a really warm welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin, I'm part of the team here and I'll be your host for today. We are on episode five of season two, questions. We're going to be asking questions, answering them, exploring them. As usual, if you find this episode helpful, do please take just a moment to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. That makes a massive difference to helping people know that we exist and telling people about us um, or send the episode to a friend. Now, I don't know if you're on half term at the moment. There is a great divide this year, isn't there? Uh, So I don't know, you might be hiding in the bathroom with the door locked or it might be blissfully peace and quiet where you are. Or you might have kids where half term isn't a thing yet. Um, But either way, you are really, really welcome and we're glad that you're here. So what are we going to be looking at today? Um, Firstly, I'm going to share a little bit of um, some teaching that Rachel Turner does on the Parenting for Faith course on four simple steps to approaching questions your child asks. I have found this game-changingly helpful. So I'm gonna give you a really brief overview and show you where to find more on that. Then Rachel's gonna answer a question on how to equip intellectual wrestlers. If you've got a child who really wants to explore and go deep, perhaps they're getting a lot of opposition at school or from friends, um, really want to understand, like, is God real? Delve into some of the big questions. She's going to chat a little bit about that. Then I'm going to ask my uh, friend, Jennifer Fellows, some questions all about her childhood um, and the role of doubt and faith and asking questions. She's just got a really helpful perspective that I'd like her to bring. And finally, Becky Sedgwick, another member of our teams, has recently read a book called Mama Bear Apologetics. Uh, and she's going to share a little bit about Uh, the perspective of that and how that was helpful. So I promised you I would give you the two minute overview of four simple steps to approaching questions your child asks. Now the reason this is so genius is because our children, whatever their age they are, they will ask us questions and they will ask us questions that we don't immediately know the answer to. And I don't know about you but it's always at a really inconvenient time right before bed or when I'm in the middle of doing a million other things and I find it quite stressful if they're spiritual questions that if I don't know the answer immediately I don't want to miss the opportunity but equally uh, I don't want to yeah just leave them hanging I guess and this is a tool that uh, Rachel teaches on the Parenting for Faith course if you go onto our website and type questions in the search bar it will pop up as well but I just wanted to share briefly what they are because if you remember nothing else this will still really help you So there's four steps. Firstly, you ask them, what do you think? It can be really tempting to jump in with our wisdom and our words and whatever we do know. But just pause, take a moment to ask them what they think. And they'll often tell you a little bit more about why they're asking the question, where they got the idea or the question from, what stirred it. Because sometimes there's a question behind a question or there's kind of an issue that you might want to address in a different way. When you've done that, number two, ask, what do we know? Sometimes there are things that we know from the Bible, from people around us. We can think, okay, I might not have the full answer, the full solution, but what things do we know for definite? Is there a Bible verse or a Bible story or an experience that we can relate this to and say, okay, well, I do know this is true 
and that's going to be part of us exploring the question. Thirdly, and this is the flip side of this, ask, what do we not know? There are lots of things we don't know about scripture and theology and about God. So let's be really open and honest about that. We don't need to pretend we have all the answers. We don't need to make things up. We don't need to say that everything has a simple answer when it doesn't. So you can say, well, you know, it reminds me of this Bible verse uh, and we know this, but um, this bit I have no idea about. I've never really thought about it or I don't know if there's a Bible verse I'd have to find out. Um, Yeah, so just ask, what don't we know? And get kids and teens used to being comfortable with not knowing things and going away to explore more or sitting with those things that we don't know. And then finally, number four, share how you've handled it. So often the amazing privilege of a child or a teenager asking a question is not in just giving them an answer, a textbook answer to the question, but is that it gives an opportunity to share how you've handled this in your own life. You can uh, create windows and just say, hey, I don't know, but this is something that I wondered about and this is what I think and why, or I'm not sure about the answer, but this experience makes me think it might be more like this than this. What do you think? And after you've gone through those four steps, you do need to work out what to do next. So you can, you might decide that you know what the answer is or that their curiosity is satisfied for now. Or maybe you don't know the answer and you want to explore a bit more. So you could go back and chat to God about it. You can make some time to ask someone wise that you both trust in your church or your family. You could look a little bit more at what the Bible says, or you could just leave it for now. Say, we don't know the answers to that. Let's come back to it another time. So that is a very, very brief overview. Rachel goes into a little bit more detail, as I say, and you can get uh, that from the Parenting for Faith course, which is all free online to stream or download, or by typing questions, you'll just get that little section. So let's head on to our question today, which is Rachel exploring how to equip intellectual wrestlers. A parent got in touch about a session in our Parenting for Faith course where we talk about unwinding wrong views of God. Now, often our children's view of God can go off on a tangent and it impacts their connection with him. In the course, we talk about a few of the many, many, many ways children's views can be skewed. And this parent asked a great question. What do you do if a children's view of God is that he doesn't exist at all? I'll read from the email. Especially in secular schools, our children, as I expect you know, are in an atheist-favoring environment where RS teaches that all religions are equal and are an accessory to life rather than at the center. So my key question is, from a children's point of view, this God you've taught me to believe in, I'm not convinced he's real at all. Backed up with a sense that in our sophisticated society, most people have realized that he isn't. So her her child is a teenager and is is dealing with all of these really intense RS questions and has sort of come to the point of thinking, well, you've taught me to believe in a real God and I'm not convinced he's real because of all of these logical reasons uh, in a sophisticated society where faith is. And how do you combat that really strong feeling and narrative from the world? I just wanted to take a second to unpack this question. From my view, which may not be right, It is that while there are many reasons a child ends up with this view, be it a child or a teenager, it generally, and I hate speaking generally, but I'm just going to generally fits into two categories. One, 
a child can get to the place where they say, oh, I'm not convinced that there is a God. One, because of a lack of relationship. And if it's because of that, this child is unsure how to have a relationship with God. There's a general sense that God may exist, but they feel totally inadequate to create any kind of connection with him. What does he look like? Where is he? And when? And why can't I hear him? And if this is where your child's struggles are, then helping him or her see people around them doing this authentically is important. Giving them skills to do it themselves and places to talk about it is useful. Plugging them into a community of people who are creating windows, framing, unwinding ideas about God when they get stuck. Helping your child connect to God in their own way and surfing the waves of the rise and fall of their spiritual lives with them is all helps. All of those tools that we talk about in Parenting for Faith, it can be that often when a child is saying, God isn't real, it's more God isn't real to me because I don't know how to do it. But the second sort of direction that may be causing a child to say God doesn't exist is what I want to zero in on today. If it's not lack of relationship, it often is that the child's personality is of an intellectual wrestler. Now, I don't want you to hear me wrong. Every teenager who's heading into an intense series of RS lessons may need a level of apologetics, a a level of someone sitting down and say, we know there was a historical Jesus because, or this is how we know that the Bible has been accurately replicated for thousands of years. All of those sort of interesting and important bits of information that show that our faith is not just complete fantasy, but that is, is based on sound reasoning and sound things that we can put our feet on. And there are so many authors out there who who invest in creating that kind of information for children and teenagers. And I'm going to give you some of those places. So I I believe that every child, as just part of their normal discipleship, they make it through that through church. That may be something that you can help them engage with. And as I give you those resources, you might want to pull in. But sometimes there are children whose personalities are particularly tuned towards intellectual wrestling. This personality of child often needs to understand fully before they believe. Now, this isn't every child, but there are some who like this. And it is helpful to notice when you have a child like this. Some kids can hear the question, where does the dinosaur fit into the biblical timeline of creation? And they're just like, huh? That's really interesting and sort of shrug their shoulders and think, well, I don't know. But I have also known children, I've known one or two in every place that I go, who are like, what? Unless you can explain where the dinosaur fits into the biblical timeline of creation, then all of my faith crumbles and I walk away because this does not make sense. This intellectual wrestler is a, personally, I believe, a sort of spiritual personality type, for lack of a better word. It can also be a connecting type. Some people that I know feel the most connected to God when there are three books into research reading about theological debates in preparation for a sermon. Their main connection to God comes through deepening and broadening their understanding of his rigorous revealing in all its complexity. They feel like the same deep, long-lasting connection with God as others have, just through a different means. So... In a world where RE and BA programs poke at some intellectual facets of faith, some of our kids will be thinking, well, I know he's real because of what he's done in my life, my family's life, and because I know it's true. 
Others who have the certain intellectual connection type may get shaken to their core. So how do we resource children who seek knowledge? One, let them be them. Connection with God looks different for everyone. If they need to wrestle, then that's okay. Facilitate the next step in their connection with God. Two, don't feel that you need all the answers. Your job is to facilitate them finding the answers rather than give it to them. If you have an intellectual wrestler child, they're going to be asking questions and, and keep circling back on the same things. And it can feel like, personally, I feel like I'm never smart enough to answer all the questions that they have. And that's okay. Your job is not to be the deposit of all knowledge in the world, but you can point help point them to where they can get that information, whether it's for the book or a conference or wise people who think like them. So your job is to facilitate rather than give them all the answers. The third thing you can do for kids who are really seeking knowledge and love connecting through that is to give them places to investigate and to learn and to argue. There's a book called The Case for Christ for Children. That is an, an apologetics book for children. There are authors like Amy Orr Ewing. She is fantastic. She's great for all ages, but teens and adults, she really is really on point for. She writes simply, but very clearly. Uh, she's written many books. One of the books that I love the title of is, Is Believing in God Irrational? That's just the title of one, or one of her books. Is Believing in God Irrational? So if you have a kid who really is down that route, pick up one of those incredible resources by those great authors. There's also a recent website we stumbled across called Encouraging for Faith that explains apologetics for children. Now, as with any website, not, none of us agree wholeheartedly with any approach to anything, uh, but you may be able to find some interesting uh, approaches within it. You may find some really interesting theology, have a great spread of theology across it. And there's never a perfect resource. So whether it's these books, whether it's a conference, whether it's a website, part of the joy of having an intellectual wrestler child is to say, you won't agree with all of this, but all of this will spark your brain and help you. And uh, I love that this website has a, a parent had a had a really child who was an intellectual wrestler. And so wanted to resource that down to the child level. And so he came up with that. So access this information, point them to it as parents, you know, find that and pick those up and, and begin to facilitate your kid doing that. The fourth thing that kids need is to connect with other people like them. Every church has people that have reasoned their way into relationship with God and flourish in that kind of connection. Ask people questions, find them, invite them to dinner and invite them to talk about their journey. If your kid is intellectual, have fun with it. You don't have to be a genius or fit into any structure. You don't have to have all of the answers yourself. Just be you. And if you have a child who's not an intellectual wrestler, access some of these bits of apologetics too, so that they have it in their back pocket when they reach it. They don't think I'm completely unprepared, but they know there's a bigger pool available for them should they want to dive in. I wanted to ask you Jennifer um, was about your experience as a child so if I remember rightly um, your mum went on an alpha course and you've been to church a little bit before but there was quite a change in her can you tell me a little bit about that time and what happened yeah so um, when I was eight I did a holiday club at a local church and on the Sunday my mum my went to like their all age like this is what the kids have done service and from that we um she signed up for an alpha course um, and we went and started attending that church and we had kind of always been to church um, growing up but 
it was more like an obligation thing that you went that you went you know Christmas Easter you went a couple of times to Sunday school you got yeah. went to the prize giving um but after mum went in the alpha course she started to really develop a relationship with Jesus um and as she was doing that she really let me in on the journey so I remember as a child just having um, loads of discussions with her about faith, about what she'd seen on the Alpha video, about the questions she had, about the doubts she had. And as we moved church, she would talk to me about the things that she loved about the church and the things that she struggled with. Um, and actually, my mum doesn't drive, so we spent a lot of time on buses around Glasgow. Yeah. Um, and I think that led to like loads of the discussions. It's like she went up, if we went in the bus to like my netball training, whatever, we'd talk and then... Um, yeah, just get real windows into her faith, I suppose. Now I've got language for what that was, but it was just us talking about um, what she was going through. And actually, she really let me in and the doubts and the things that she struggled with, not just the happy, clappy, life is wonderful stuff. And I think that really gave me permission as well to have doubts and to, to question my faith as I grew up and to ultimately then learn like, and have my own relationship with Jesus. Mm. So what would you say to a parent listening to this and the child is maybe starting to express some doubts about faith or some aspects of it um, and who's just not quite sure how to handle it? Yeah, I think um, doubt is actually a really healthy thing to have in many ways with children. Because when children start to have doubt in their faith, it shows that they're thinking about their faith and they're starting to have ownership over their relationship with God. They're not just following what your family have always done. Um, and yeah and I was talking to a friend actually and he's got two daughters um, who are both in their 20s now and both on fire for Jesus and he's a vicar and I was asking about how you raise children within the context of ministry and, and he said always allow them to question their faith and have doubts and mm. make sure that they know that doubts are a natural part of their faith journey because um, it's through having doubts and having questions that we learn to dig deep into God and we learn the truths about God and we're able to unwind um, maybe some of our wrong beliefs about God. So actually it's a healthy thing and it's a good thing and um, we don't need to give our children all the answers, we just need to facilitate them in the, the journey of um, their own faith and having those questions. Yeah, I love that. So in this week's books you don't have time to read, I want to talk about a book that I've actually been reading for about six months and haven't quite finished. And to be completely honest, I bought it for the title and it is called Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. And uh, yeah, who wouldn't buy a book called Mama Bear Apologetics? But basically it's a book about apologetics, which isn't just those big debates about is God real or creation versus evolution. It's, uh, I would say, knowing and sharing what the biblical truth is about something, particularly if other people are saying the opposite. So we'll give you a really quick synopsis. Um, essentially, the authors, and there's a whole group of them, and there's a website as well, uh, lay out what 11 lies they see culture telling our kids. So lies like there's no absolute truth the idea that you know you you can't all truths relative so i can have a different truth to you and that's okay um follow your heart it won't let me down and all religions are basically the same so 11 things like that and actually i realized that 
I'd recognised what they were, but probably not naming them. So the sort of stuff we see in popular culture, maybe movies, memes, but just the way people talk, you know. And then for each one of those, they explore it biblically, um, expose the lie, and then make suggestions of how you could coach your kids about this so that they can see the biblical truth. Now, what I really liked about this book was the idea that cult culture lies to us. And again, I think I was kind of aware of that vaguely, but now I'm much clearer in my head and I'm like looking for the lie. Um, you know, when, when you see something on Facebook or your kid comes home from school with something, there's a little bit in my brain going, oh, is that a, is that a lie that a culture is telling them? Um, I also really, really like the positive message that as mama bears, we can help our kids navigate their way through this culture. Um, so that they, although they're immersed in it and they're living in it, they can come out the other side understanding what the Bible truth is about it. So we can really equip them to navigate themselves. And actually, you know what? If if apologetics is something you're interested in and you want to delve into it, I would say this is a great place to start. It's a really well-written book. It's really witty and funny, which I enjoyed. And at times I was laughing out loud and it was deep and there was loads and loads of wisdom in there. But it is dense and requires a lot of your brain and time. I mean, I've kind of been dipping in and out for about six months now. And um, I would say, though, there is a study guide you can buy alongside it, which I think would be helpful if you really wanted to get deep into the book. To be honest, the book has left me feeling a little bit anxious or it did at first because it's not I'm not finding it a particularly easy read it's a good read but it does take concentration and there's a lot of ideas which for me are very new so you know what it's like when you get loads of new ideas or little slippery things that kind of wiggle away and you have to go back and try and understand them again and so then I had this big question what if I don't understand this well enough to help my kid who's living in this world and I you know, then I'm like, oh, it's my responsibility to help her. But then I, I sat back a bit and I thought, you know what? These authors are like highly qualified medical doctors who know how to diagnose and treat everything from a little grazed knee to a horrible disease. And you know, it's a bit like that. Most of us are just average parents and carers when it comes to first aid. We've not got medical degrees. But we're absolutely fab at looking after our kids when they fall over or when they hurt themselves and they're not feeling very well. We've got a first aid box. We we know how we were um, looked after when we had a temperature or something. We're pretty good at sensing when something's a bit more serious or we ring up granny or a friend. We know how to consult, consult the NHS website or Google. You know, so, so normally most of the time, we can tackle a problem as it comes up and find a way through it that works for us. Um, but when we don't know, we go to an expert. And that's when we go to these highly qualified medical doctors. And we're in the same boat, I think. For me, this is saying most of the time, this book's been really helpful. It's like being top tips for first aid. It's giving me some really new eyes to look at things. I don't quite grasp everything, but I, I'm beginning to be able to spot things which maybe don't quite feel right. And then I can dip into my own tool, my own first aid box, if you like, and, and sort of create windows into how I feel about this and, and uh, what happened when I believe this or didn't believe it or something around that. And I, I can explore that with my kid, maybe. And when I really don't know the answer, I've got a community around me 
that is wise. You've got people at church, you've got pastors, you've got grandparents, godparents, all these other people who are living in this same culture as, as we do and can explore it. And finally, I've got a God who I can connect with and ask these tough questions too. And one of the things I've always enjoyed is that verse in John uh, 6, 16, 13, I think it is, where uh, Jesus says just before he dies, he says, I'm going to send you another like the Holy Spirit who will lead you into all truth. And a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. What sort of questions do you think God likes us asking most? Have a great conversation. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.